Well, we're back. You're listening to the Drew Marshall Show. We're streaming live at drewmarshall.ca. We're coming to the end of season 14, which is a little crazy to uh, to think about. This song playing right now, uh, Tim the Tool put this on because... Oh, such memories. Because when I came back from a camp in California, we did this game called Mission Impossible, and, and we started doing it at Teen Ranch, and it involved... Well, at, at the end, it involved us. The spotlight and the this song pumping throughout the whole Those property big, of Teen Those big, tall, Ranch. blue speakers that we big used to speakers. have in the dining hall. <laughs> yep. <clears throat> and then uh, somehow I got a, a shotgun and shot a flare up into the sky and <laughs> all sorts of crazy things. You didn't know about that, eh? did you, Mel? I think I was in trouble. <laughs> Come a little closer to the mic there, Puddin'. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, uh, in 1961, Mel and Janet Stevens took a step of faith and went to Australia with their month-old baby boy, Timothy along with four other couples from a gospel music group called the King's Men to start Teen Ranch Australia. Mel and Janet directed the camp there, uh, drawing no wage for six years before returning to start Teen Ranch Canada in 1967. They had $10 in their pockets, two more kids, and uh, faith, obviously, in God's leading and proven goodness. In 2017, this year marks the 50th anniversary of Teen Ranch Canada, the first Summer camp started in 1967 with six kids and has now grown to 130 a week. Uh, there's also now uh, teen ranches in Scotland, France, Romania, Poland, Kenya, Zambia, and Indonesia. With Timble, Tamingabingabingabingabingabingabingabingabingabingabingabingabingabingabingabingabingabingabingabingabingabingabingabingabingabingabingabingabingabingabingabingabingabingabingabingabingabingabingabingabingabingabingabingabingabingabingabingabing
I didn't remember that part about you. Well, you didn't go past grade six, did you? Okay, it was grade nine, if you don't oh, mind. Which is an upside-down six, so it's understandable. <laughs> That's right. No, but it was the first school I was asked to leave. I was asked to leave pretty much because I was asking why all that. I was just being a jerk, really, I guess. Yeah. But to me, I was just being inquisitive. So that's interesting. Mel, thank you for coming into the studio. It's a privilege to have you here. Can you tell us about the gentleman on your left, who he is? Timothy, my son Timothy. And just a little correction here. Uh Timothy, Tim was born in March of 1960, and we left a month later for Australia. Okay. And um, he, uh, so he arrived in Australia when he was a month old, and uh, um, we were thrown into... uh, um, a bit of a turmoil because uh, of the, uh, the lack of uh, organization and, and so on at the time. But fortunately, we I'm, I'm hesitating because it's easy to get involved in the, in the, the big, long story. Yeah. And I'm trying to make condense it, to, it. Condense it. Well, thank you. On behalf of all the listeners, yeah. thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, was the language barrier in Australia, too. So. Yeah, big language barrier in Australia. Um, when you came back uh, to uh, to Canada and the idea was, all right, we're going to do Teen Ranch Canada, how did you find that property on Highway 10 just south of Orangeville? My brother, uh, who is a pastor of Kennedy Road Tabernacle at the time, it was a very uh, uh, strong visionary. and uh, Ron Stevens. Yeah, and he prom- uh, he's a natural promoter. The day I got back from Australia, he phoned the newspaper and said, I want you to do an article on my brother Mel, who's going to start a, a camp in Caledon. And I said, no, 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 it could be anywhere in North America, basically. And uh, he said, Caledon. And uh, so the reporter came and uh, took a picture and put an 8 by 10 picture in the front page of the Brampton Times and said, we're going to start a camp in Caledon. And the next day, I got a, a phone call from a very sharp real estate agent, said, I've got a couple of properties in mind for you. That's good. And so she took us to the, the property we're now on, and um, we... Um, eventually looked at 65 properties all over Ontario wow. and down as far as Kentucky and um, north to Muskoka and so on, Sarnia to Win- uh, Sarnia to um, um, Kingston area. Mm-hmm. But we just kept going back to this same property, and my brother said, this is the property. It's close to the population center of Ontario, and it's proven to be true. Yeah. And um, we... Um, didn't we didn't have a lake which I wanted? Uh, I love water sports. Well, because well, but a lot of the <clears throat> I would say the vast majority of camps in Ontario were water-based camps. Yeah, right. Waterfront camps. Waterfront sure. camps. Yeah, yeah. and <clears throat> but it had no river. It just had a little twenty-foot uh, uh, piece of swamp uh, <laughs> down in front of the the farmhouse. Fun swimming. And uh, and then it had a lovely uh, little quarry at the back, which uh, is resulted in being the swimming hole 
very, very nice swimming hole all these years. Yeah. Well, let me just say about the swimming hole, uh, I remember the story being that the Toronto Star posted an article about the top 10 cleanest beaches in Ontario, and somehow the Teen Ranch Beach got in there. That's right. And the beach is only a beach because we trucked in sand. Yeah. And the, but the water quality is tested, what is it, once a week during? Every, every yes. week. Every week in, in, in uh, you know, during the summertime when the kids are there swimming. And, and, they, and this, this is what I keep hearing, the staff... Or the, uh, the kids that go out and test the water for their course or whatever, uh, they come back and they go, you, your kids are swimming in bottled water. Mm. <laughs> you know, That's pure enough to drink. Yeah, yeah. which is a little crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, Tim, you're now the, uh, the director of Teen Ranch, and uh, obviously a question that I'm sure you've been asked lots over the years is, you know, uh, falling under the shadow of dad, right? I mean, your dad is Mel freaking Stevens. You know, the visionary and the guy who, even when he was in high school, would tell uh, people uh, his own age to stop swearing near him. You know, somebody told me that story recently. I can't remember who it was. Somebody that knew you back in the day. I, I was talking to them about the cafe. I can't remember the person's name. They have a, They now have property on Highway 10 just on the Caledon Mountain that you went to school with. Does that ring any bells at all? Earl Lackey. That's who it is. Yeah, Reverend Earl. Like and you went to school yeah. together, yeah. did you not? Yeah. And he said even back when you were a kid, you know, high school or whatever it was, mm-hmm. you would pull people up for their potty mouth. Is that true? Probably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, he, Tim. He used to stick up for the, the little kids that uh, would get beat up and picked on. and so Yeah. That was kind of a neat story to hear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So now you're the son of, you're the eldest. And are the eldest? Yeah, that's how it works. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you're the director of Teen Ranch now. I'm sure the first few years you directed, Tim, there must have been the whole, well, that's not the way Mel would have done things. And they would actually still call Mel about stuff instead of talking to you. What is the weird, is the shadow factor a weird thing for you or has it been weird? No, being under a shadow, I never got a sunburn. So that was, oh, wow. Yeah. But He's I'm here all week. Sorry about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it was never a problem. Um, we always worked really well together and, and have worked together for a lot of years and, and it just seemed really seamless. Um, he had a dad had a great ability to kind of step back where um, he needed to and, and let me sort of take the reins and was always there to step in and give advice if I asked for it. And we've just always had a great relationship, uh, just as a, a father and a son, but also working together too. It's it's been really neat. Tim's, well, Tim's been very very understanding and uh, um, considerate of my opinion hmm. and continues to be. Most of the time. That's <laughs> because I didn't want to get punched out. Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, there are stories of the odd, uh, you know, bunch of guys trying to gang up on Mel and throw them, throw them into the horse pond. How did that go, Mel? Um, you'll have to ask the guys who, yeah. uh, <laughs> who are still in the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> they can't speak with their mouths wired. <laughs> Let's say uh, we might be charged with uh, an assault. Yeah, that's right. These <laughs> Today, days, yeah. yeah. Well, that actually brings into question the, the uh, thing, uh, how things have changed over the years in, in, in the world and in camping and especially with young people these days. I mean, good night. Back in the day, we were swinging... You know, we'd have potato, a uh, potato, um, pillow fights. <laughs> well, we'd probably have potato fights as well, but <laughs> potatoes old, were in the yeah, potatoes yeah, were in the, the pillow, pillow, the pillow yeah. sack in the case. You know, we'd have pillow fight. You can't do that anymore. We used to do the chubby bunny thing, where you shove yep. marshmallows into the mouth, and you have to say chubby bunny depending on how many. Well, you can't do that anymore because someone's going to choke in a marshmallow. There's so many things that Seriously? are. Oh, we better stop that. We better then. stop. <laughs> okay, no more chubby bunny this <laughs> no, summer. No, no. <laughs> Write that down, Tim. The right. staff all sign <laughs> off on it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. But it is. It's the world has changed, and it seems like. 
everybody's wanting to to get money or sue or get, get after you or someone's getting going to get in trouble and it's a politically correct how have you dealt with all that you have to adapt i mean it's um it's true it really has changed and uh i think uh people have gotten soft um like marshmallows yeah just in in attitude and personalities and i mean physically as a nation we're soft i think in a lot of ways um you know, so there's things that we wouldn't dare do now that we used to do. Sure. Um, and, and some of them are probably really smart that we don't do them just, <laughs> about, you know, from a safety perspective. Right. But uh, you just have to kind of adapt and, and continue to do what you can do. And sometimes you do different things, right? Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Well, it, it's uh, – I love the alumni uh, – you know, whenever the, the, the old-timers, the old teen ranchers get together, the stories, right? That's what it's all about, the stories. You remember when this happened? You remember when that? And we did this. And, you know, even the stories of stuff that didn't happen on the property, like one of the, what was it, Paul or Norm Allen that drove a pickup truck into a barn to get hay and it ended up catching on fire and the barn burned down? Is that <laughs> no, how the story went? Well, Norm was in charge of the, the crew. Norm Allen. Yeah. So we're going to blame him. Okay. Yeah. 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 That was your first problem, <laughs> putting Norm in charge. Yeah. I got a phone call in the afternoon. They'd been drawing hay from the barn with a borrowed truck. Borrowed truck? Don't, was it donated hay even, maybe? Uh, no, Pro- I think we bought the hay. Oh, okay. All right. But anyway, um, I got a phone call just after lunch from Norm saying, um, uh, Mel, we've got a b- bit of a problem here. <laughs> um, the, the, uh, the, the barn's on fire. And uh, I said, oh, no. He said, you better come over. I said, I'm not going near the place. No. And um, he said, not only that, but the truck's in the barn. (laughs) 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 So uh, I I finally went. My curiosity got the best of me, and I finally went over to the farm. And uh, the truck and the the barn was pretty well burned down by that time. And the owners were two drug addicts, (laughs) and they were sitting Watching Very the fire. close to the fire, staring at the fire. <laughs> <laughs> Looked like a high as a kite. Wow. Dude. Anyway. Barn's on fire. Yeah, man. I we, destroyed a truck at Teen Ranch. I'm not sure we want to admit this, do we? No, they know. I was the one who told Mel. What did you do? I. It was this yellow truck. I think uh, it was an old truck that, um, uh, anyways, I think one of the old staff had brought in and I was collecting garbage. I was on maintenance. It was this old yellow truck, yellow pickup truck. I remember that. Truck. Remember that? Yeah. And I left it in gear because someone told me you leave it, leave it in gear, and it, you don't even need the emergency brake because this emergency brake was very finicky. Like sometimes you couldn't get it on. And like, long story short, I left it in gear. It rolled down the hill um, in front of the barn and and on the way down into the pond and um, You're hit a tree. No, nope. it still worked afterwards. Oh, man. If but our the insurance company is listening, we don't have that truck any longer. No, no, no we don't. <laughs> we don't. Oh, this is back <laughs> in like gone. early, gone. early, no. early 80s. No. <laughs> I just remember like within the, within a week, someone had written Tim 1 on it. Tim 1. Yep. Nice. Um, okay, so as far as the ranch is concerned, you know, there might be people who haven't heard of Teen Ranch. Uh, I don't understand who those people are and how they've existed so long without hearing about yeah, Teen yeah. Ranch. A lot of people drive by the big gates on Highway 10 on their way up to Collingwood and say, oh, I wonder what that place is, and heard about it or whatever. One of the first times maybe they heard about it was through uh, Harold Ballard, Mel. <laughs> hey, do you think so? Well, some people uh, read the article in the Toronto Sun, two-page article with photographs, colored photographs and so on, and uh, Harold uh, explained his dislike and disregard for Teen Ranch. <laughs> Why very very he, strongly. Why, in fact, why, uh, why? Why did he hate Teen Ranch? He said... Um, by the way, we're talking about the former owner of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah. 
he said that too many of his boys were becoming born again Christians, and he didn't want me around the uh, arena anymore. Because you were a chaplain for the Leafs. Well, not officially. Not officially, but just a, a mentor, a mentor to several guys. You were a Bible smuggler at Maple Leaf Gardens. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, he gave me permission to give Bibles. Really? Yeah, I phoned him one day, and I, because I wanted to, uh, I had a real passion and concern for athletes, and I always have. Hmm. And um, I thought the simplest way to get through to them is uh, give them a Bible and hope somewhere along the line they'll start to read it. And I phoned Harold Ballard and asked him permission to, uh, for his permission to use uh, the leaf logo. Uh, oh, put on it on the, on the Bible. On, on the Bible. Right. Gold leaf. That's classy. And um, the player's name. And um, he said, if you think Bibles will do my bo- boys good, then you give them Bibles. So I gave them Bibles and um, started a, what he maybe would have called a revolution. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Anyway, uh, a number of guys over the years became Christians, and uh, um, he just was upset that uh, he thought they, they, they would be a soft players yeah. as, as a result of becoming Christians. Yeah, soft like Laurie Boschman, who led the league in penalty minutes. Yeah, 200 minutes in penalties for 10 years in a row. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what a pansy. Yeah. Um, well, one of the guys that you had a deep impact on, I was uh, text messaging uh, yesterday about because I wanted him to maybe uh, give you a surprise phone call during this uh, this interview. But he said, I'm sorry, I can't do it. I'm in Australia right now. Daryl Sittler. Daryl Sittler. Mm-hmm. So he said to say hi to both <clears throat> of you. Oh, thank you. He's he's uh, he's a guy. There's a guy who's a who's a tough man's man, but a mushball inside. He certainly is. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Very very sensitive and uh, warm and loving. And That's what I meant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's pronounced yeah. mushball in Australia. Right. Yeah. Most, um, most of those guys are that way, though. Most of the tough guys are are really soft inside. You know, people well, people look at them as athletes and think, you know, they don't have much personality or they're you know. They don't really think about things other than hockey or yeah. or sports, but um, like you get a guy like Stu Grimson, who is, you know, his nickname was the Grim Reaper. Yeah. Well, he's just the most lovely, gentle guy, you know. And smart, too. Yeah. A lawyer. He's a lawyer, yeah. He was in here one day. We had uh, Grimmer and Ozzy, and who else was in here? There were three guys. Anyway, anyway, we've had a few guys over the years on the show. Of course, Mike Gardner has been on the show before, mm-hmm. and and uh, you're quite close with, uh, with Ronnie Ellis, who... Uh, Jeez, I mean, he was on the last Stanley Cup winning team. Was that 67? Mm-hmm. Which would be the same year that what happened? Tim Stevens? Six, six Confederation. <laughs> and the start of Team Ram. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> we're, sh- we're sharing the day, right? Yeah, yeah, we're sharing that go. day, July, July 1st. Yeah. Oh, man. So, I, tur- I turned seven. I thought that's what you're asking. No, right? <laughs> no. Um, so what is happening next Saturday at Teen Ranch, Tim? Uh, the 50, you're celebrating 50 years, Teen Ranch. You want the alumni to show up. There's going to be a ton of people showing up. What's mm. actually happening that day? We're just going to have fun. We're, we're starting at 10, fun? 10, wow. 10, 1030 in the morning. We've got uh, different activities. We've got pictures from the, all, the different decades. So we're starting with a rodeo, a little nice. modified version of a rodeo in the morning. And right. Mel's going to ride in on a horse like he did all those years ago. He is not. Yeah. Going to play um, the Imperials? Yes. Yeah. I think so. <laughs> Listen to the trumpet. It'll actually be the King's Men. All right. I'm right. sorry. 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 So, yeah. And uh, we'll have lunch and, and people can uh, take part in some of the activities that we do in summer camp. And then we'll have dinner and campfire at night and fireworks and 
Yeah. Excellent. I have a great time. Well, I'm going to show up after the show, uh, shoot straight up there, and then I think I'm maybe helping out a campfire, uh, leading yeah. some yeah. singing like mm-hmm. I did back in the day. Yeah. Uh, You're the best, Drew. Stop it. Uh, Bob Johnson was a hero of mine, of course, nice. growing up. BJ, he was, he was the He's, program director. He's coming. Is he? Nice. Yep. Good, yeah. good. Rob Shelley, not Rob Shelley, Rob Gerber and Brian Carlson, they were two meatheads mm-hmm. that uh, were also program directors up Counselor there. Counselor of mine. Counselor of, of yours, yeah. yeah. Apparently I'm doing the rules with you, Tim. Yeah. Yeah, wow. almost like we used to. Yes, the good <laughs> old days. <laughs> <laughs> Um, again, if you are a Teen Ranch alumni and you want to uh, show up for this uh, this uh, big shindig, Saturday, July 1st is when it is, but you got to let the ranch know you're coming, all right? So you may want to email them right now, camp at teenranch.com. Pretty simple, camp at teenranch.com, or you can uh, give them a call on Monday, uh, 519-941-4501. Teenranch.com, that's where you go to find out all What's things. What's that phone number again, Drew? Uh, 519-941-4501. Again, five one nine nine four one four five zero one. At the risk of uh, turning this uh, interview into me uh, or about me, um, do you have any first memories of me as a kid or a camper or a teen rancher or a staff member or anything? You guys, anything you want to bring up at this particular point in time? <laughs> You're <laughs> asking a loaded, short, loaded question here. We don't have much time. <laughs> I remember. I'm trying to think of something that we can actually share. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I remember you complained that every time you uh, went astray in any way, your mother sent you to a psychologist or a psychiatrist. Yes. And uh, drove you. Drove me nuts? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> and um, on the plus side, you were. You were probably the most creative uh, program director we ever had. Hmm. Thanks. We clashed at times. Who? And you and I. Come on. And um, did, you ever, did you ever want to punch me in the head? Didn't I? <laughs> didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> probably. Yeah. No, uh, Drew. You, you were you were so imaginative, creative, and. Uh, uh, it amazed me how you could phone somebody and get them to donate a kayak or whatever, and uh, the rest of us could phone a person and be a very apologetic and not get any results, but you some seemed to be able to get whatever you asked for. <laughs> and uh, it, it was it was always very impressive well, to me. You guys taught me, ask and ye shall receive. Yeah. So. <laughs> Yeah. Now, like I said, I, I love doing that. I really love – I had no issue phoning uh, companies and, and telling them about Teen Ranch and then saying, look, we could use a little help if you could uh, – you know, here's the product. The, the trick for me was I, I didn't want to ask for cash. Cash is always a taboo, but, you know, they had product, and, and uh, I don't care if it had a scratch or a dent in it. Throw it up this way. So it was a lot of fun. I enjoyed doing that back in the day. I remember, of course, this, sh- this story has been shared a few times. Uh, one day I pulled you aside on the front porch of the hotel and and I said to you, uh, Mel, why don't you like me? And you said something like, well, it's because you're a liar and a con artist and I can't <laughs> trust you as far as I could throw you. And you gutted me. I mean, just gutted me. But but accurate. But just gutted me. And I went into the hotel in the parlor area, and I just cried. And Mel doesn't like me. And he just tore me a new one, as they say. 
But it was a turning, it was, well, I've had numerous turning points, but it was really, really <laughs> helpful because you were the you were the first guy to have this healthy impact on me from a, like a male role model sort of thing where, you know, obviously my dad uh, had a huge impact on my life. And dad, if you're listening, you know you had a huge impact on, on my life and I love you a lot. Um, but, you know, it's always good to have somebody outside of the family mm. speak into your life. And you had that great balance of kicking me up the backside as well as giving me a hug as well. And you were, you were, I remember, I'll never forget mowing the lawn one day and you pulled over with the truck, you stopped and you complimented on the fact that my lines were straight and I did the edges and the boundaries. And ever since then, I, I've mowed the lawn for Mel. <laughs> I'm supposed to mow for Jesus, but I mowed for Mel. Was it on the Yazoo? No, no, I was not allowed any electrical or gas implemented Neither devices. Did I. <laughs> oh, yeah, after your little. You, thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> No, so anyway, you, look, this is the first time you, not the first time you've been on the show, but the first time you've been in the studio, and, and uh, as we're thinking back to 50 years of, of Teen Ranch and the impact, you know, your vision, God's favor, uh, but your blood, sweat, and tears, uh, the impact that your blood, sweat, and tears has, has had on so many people, I'm one of them, Tim's another Amen. one. Amen. And, uh, and I know you can get numb to hearing that probably, Mel, but... Uh, honestly, this sounds melodramatic, but if if you and your vision and your allowing God to do stuff in your life had not been there at that point in my life, there's a good chance I, I my life would have been over. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, sounds melodramatic, but I think you know me enough to know that yeah. that could easily have been true. Mm-hmm. It just would have gone right off the deep end. Well, thank you for expressing that, Drew, but... Um the the words of a song I used to play a solo trombone number, I can't remember much of it, but the opening words were, "I am not worthy the least of His favor," and uh, I feel the same same today. Uh, it's all about grace and just uh, God's. I said to John Wilkinson one time, who's Chancellor of Tyndall University and Seminary. It's all about grace, John. And um, the older I get, the more I realize that, mm-hmm. because we're not worthy uh, uh, to be used by God in, in, in any respect. And um, but I said maybe the only thing that we can take credit for is our availability. And I tried to be available. But then I just got the words out of my mouth, and I said, no, that's not even right, because you can't be available in, uh, without God's grace either. Hmm. And so it's all the credit, all the glory, and any honor that is due is his. Because um, if if you knew, knew the blackness of my own heart, hmm. you would know that I'm not worthy. And it's just um, being... a Allowing God to to work through us, sure. Day well, by day. like the the ass that Jesus wrote in on. That's every time I hear that story, I think of you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to follow that up? No, <laughs> no, I'm not sure I do. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, uh, well, he chose a, a dumb old donkey to uh, ride into the multitudes of Jerusalem, and they honored him as a result, and. Um, we're just like dumb old donkeys. Yeah. That got, got Some more than used. others, Drew. <laughs> or as I succinctly said, just dumb old jackasses. Yep. Yep. Mm. That'll work. That'll work. Uh, <laughs> someone once said, I don't know who it was or when they once said it, but I uh, have since used it 
forgiveness is not getting what you deserve, and grace is getting what you don't deserve. Yeah. Well, and of course, uh, uh, you know, being a teen rancher myself, uh, ended up going to Australia for five years and then came back here and had a good look in the mirror and said, who are you kidding? There's no way you should be in spiritual leadership. But it's still really curious as to why people believe what they believe and, and interested in hearing people's spiritual journeys. And of course, uh, since coming back from Australia, uh, been doing the, the show here. And, uh, and it, it really, as I think back and all the things that have led to me doing what I'm doing now, the, tra- the best training ground in the world was Teen Ranch. And I'll use Christian camping as just a sort of a rounded off example of that. You learn to do everything there. You learn how to interact with everyone. And if you have the right people at the helm, you learn how to do things properly. Uh, not like millennials these days, you know? Millennials. <laughs> um, by the way, speaking of millennials, staff training is about to start, <laughs> is it? Yeah, start Sunday night. Sunday night. Yeah. How do you deal with the kids these days, eh? How do you deal with them? They're great. <laughs> They're awesome. <laughs> what is uh, uh, I, I want to know the one story Tim that has impacted you the most about about the sustainability of Teen Ranch you know you've, you've got all these crazy stories where you guys look upwards to the sky and go well that was ridiculous God thank you very mm-hmm. much what is the one story that has stood out to you over the years of God's provision for example well, probably the most dramatic was the uh, story with the ice crow when, that we started building. It was supposed to be a nine-month project uh, that turned into five years because the building collapsed during construction and the bank pulled out and wouldn't give us the money that they had signed contracts for. The insurance companies walked away, wouldn't wouldn't pay out anything. Uh, we, we chose not to sue the people that were involved in it. Uh, we ended up getting sued. We, um, um, I mean, it was a dark, dark time and... and and uh, we had no money, and we're, we're praying every month that God would send something from somebody into the in through the mail just to, to cover the interest of the bank that we had. And uh, uh, through a really dramatic uh, situation, a couple in California that we had never met um, had had made an investment in international finance and told God that whatever they made from it, they would give it all to His work. And and they said we believe we're supposed to give it to that camp in Canada, and. Uh, a month later, we had over eight hundred thousand dollars in our bank account in Orangeville, which was enough wow. to to uh, make a deal with the guys that had sued us, that guys that we chose not to sue, and and um, so that's probably the most dramatic story. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, there's fifty years of, of dramatic stories, you know, small ones, big ones, and and um, when you look at the the lives of people that have come through and the the individual lives that have been changed and the families and and. Um, I mean, those are those are the really neat stories when when you're dealing with people, mm-hmm. you know. And then there are the people that have, that have come and gone and and struggle, you know. And uh, I was talking with a texting with a friend the other day, and and um, we hadn't been touching a while. And I texted him, and he said, "Yeah, I never thought I'd hear from you again. I thought you'd you know judge me pretty harshly." And and I uh, said, "He said I don't I don't get it. I don't know what to say." And I said, "Well." We're all in the same boat. We're all sinners, right? And I said, knowing that is the first step to being saved. And how can I judge you any any worse than I can judge myself? And come to the reunion. He said, all right, I'm coming. Right. So, <laughs> so that's pretty cool. So, that's you know, good. just just to be able to, you know, to deal with people and see their life journeys yeah. is so exciting. And, and impossible to summarize in a you know thirty minute interview yeah, here in the radio. Sure. I mean, the stories, the lives, as you said, that it really is the impact 
that the ranch has had on people's lives. It's not about the cool stories behind the, the buildings being built and the people donating and the time and the effort and the energy and all the, you know, but it is about changed lives. That's mm-hmm. really what, what yeah. you guys are all about. Um, Mel, just as we sort of come to the end of our time here, uh, theologically over the years, you know, I, I have watched Billy Graham lighten up as he's gotten older. I was going to say closer to death. You know, when you're closer to death, you, you tend not to be so dogmatic, I think. Do you think you have changed theologically much over the years? I'm less judgmental. I'm more considerate of other people's opinions, I, I believe. And um, the basics are still the same. Christ died for our sins and um, rose again to give us eternal life. And that <clears throat> that will never change. But culturally, our, our country has changed so dramatically. You have to approach things differently. And I'm, I think I'm much more uh, softer in my approach. <clears throat> and um, the phrase I've been using uh, with the staff uh, recently is love the kids into the kingdom just love them don't don't set them up um, uh, for uh, an attack of spirituality or christianity no. just love them and uh, let the love of christ flow through you so that they will experience his love through you yeah and um, and then that gives it an opening to share why the love is so uh, prevalent well, you and Paul Henderson, <clears throat> I think, are on the same trajectory as far as your your uh, your theology or your understanding of of uh, of how faith practically works out in you, because he's also lightened up. Thank God. Yeah, well, uh, <laughs> he, was, he was pretty t- <laughs> tense at one stage. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I think Ron Ellis <clears throat> is a, a beautiful example of somebody who just lived his life. Uh, Ron was a very shy, quiet guy, but he was responsible for. Guys like Dave Burroughs, Laurie Boschman, um, Daryl Sittler, and um, other teammates uh, coming uh, to a relationship with Christ. And um, where Paul, when he first became a Christian, sort of attacked people <laughs> and, and turned them away. But Ron just lived his life, and um, the opportunities came. He, when the opportunities came, he shared what uh, Christ had done in his life, and he had a tremendous impact. Hmm. Well, um, because we're out of time, let me just sort of say on behalf of uh, Tim and I, uh, you know, I, I, I think I've said this to you before, to your face, and I'll say it again right here without any fear of you uh, punching me. Um, <laughs> thank you. Uh, you know, my life spiritually has gone different directions and wonderings and doubts and all that kind of stuff and struggles and battles. And it's just the way I'm wired. It probably wasn't going to go any other way. Uh, but I guess the formative years, really, uh, in my life were, were my years at Teen Range. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's true of so many, thousands and thousands of people that have gone through the ranch. So, uh, And it's kind of cool to see the whole father-son thing happening here. And, Tim, uh, for you to take on the helm and and uh, continue on the, the ministry and the tradition. You know, it's pretty cool. Very, very cool, actually. So how many kids do you have again? Only six. <laughs> six killing. Um, so to both of you, thank you very, very much. And uh, thank you, Drew. <clears throat> again, everyone, teenranch.com is where you go to find out all things about Teen Ranch. Uh, you can register your kids. There's still some openings for their hockey programs and their uh, English and Western riding programs. 
lots more, including their uh, what are we calling it now? The uh, the outdoorsy adventure camp. Adventure camp, which are the, what are you doing there now? Uh, canoeing, kayaking, caving, rafting, all kinds of stuff. Right. Yeah. Skydiving. Biking. Ah. Yeah, upside down skydiving. Upside down skydiving. Yeah. Nice. Well, we're going up. <laughs> yeah. Well, someday we're going up. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Was well, that a rapture well. thing there? What was that? Yeah. Uh, and, of course, the alumni, all teen ranch alumni, July 1st is when they're having their big 50th anniversary, but you got to get a hold of the ranch. Email camp at teenranch.com right now or call them Monday, 519-941-4501. That's 519-941-4501. And uh, bring your families if you're a Teen Ranch alumni for their 50th anniversary Saturday, July 1st. Uh, We'll be right back.